Welcome to the Commercial Athlete Podcast, where we talk all things athlete branding and sports marketing. Listen in to hear all the latest industry news, personal stories, and career advice. Join Agency X directors, myself, Lee Carlsonine, and marketing gun, Carly Green Medina. Welcome to the Commercial Athlete Podcast. Today, we're joined by Australian cricketer and good friend, Ben Cutting. Ben is a decade-long Australian cricketer and most recently, T20 gun for hire playing all around the world. Listen in to hear about Ben's interests outside of cricket and what he's doing to prepare for life post-cricket. Also, his insights on how and how he does not use social media and how he collaborates with his fiancée, Miss Universe, Erin Holland. I am really excited, Carly, because I have a good friend coming in today to have a chat. His name is Benjamin Cutting, otherwise known as Ben Cutting, and he's joined us today on the podcast, The Commercial Athlete. Welcome, Ben. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, Ben, take us a little bit, for those who don't know, obviously a lot of people do, you're very heavily involved in cricket, you've been playing for a number of years, take us a little bit of background about where you've played and where you are today. Uh, I suppose I first started um, sort of under 18, under 19s, played for Queensland under 19s, Australian under 19s in the World Cup uh, in 2006 and then was lucky enough to get a a Queensland Bulls rookie contract that same year, uh, 2006-2007 and I was contracted with them right up until um, 2017-2018 and then retired from the game for a little bit just to to pursue some some T20 stuff overseas and, and more so here in Australia and was lucky enough to play a few more games for the Bulls this year in, a, in the form of a couple of one days, which I thought I'd finished up from. I don't like you using the word retired because you're actually probably playing more cricket now than what you've done in the past. But your career transition from a playing perspective, obviously cricket's a bit different from other sports in a sense that you can play three different formats. But you're an interesting uh, package because you've successfully transitioned into the T20 gun for hire space, which there are only a few going around in world cricket. There's, uh, especially in Australia, not too many players actually go from playing first class cricket and, and one day in T20 to specialising in T20. But what it has done is that there are T20 competitions all around the world now and you just find yourself hopping on a plane and playing in weird, wonderful exotic and just strange locations all around the world. So how many actually teams are you currently contracted to? I mean, you've got the you've got the Brisbane Heat, and that is your staple. That is a lot of people know you're around. You're a Queensland boy, you're a Brisbane boy, yep. and you're probably going to end up you know finishing your career in Brisbane. But there are a lot of teams that you've played for and a lot of places that you've played that not many people have heard about. Some of the rarest teams I've played for uh, Afghanistan Premier League. That was in Dubai last year in Sharjah. I played for the Nangahar Leopards, which is a province in the north of Afghanistan. You're quite worldly, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> it's very, very, very cultured. What do you think when that contract comes across your desk? Uh, it was interesting, but I was excited because I got to play with a lot of those guys that I'd never played against or with before and being exposed to that other culture. You know, I spent a lot of time in India, a little bit of time in Pakistan, so you spend a lot of time with those guys, but Afghanistan is very different again, you know, mm. as we've seen in the world news for the last 10 or 15 years. Mm. Quite an emerging Cricket Nation too. Yeah, right. Got some really good T20 players going around. But obviously you, you, you find yourself now playing probably six months of the, of, the, of the year, but then playing for probably half a dozen teams as well. Yeah, there's, there's probably half a dozen teams there. It was, so the last 12 months for me was supposed to be quite busy. Um, you know, I was supposed to go from the Big Bash this time last year straight into the IPL, which I did, um, into the Canadian Premier League. 
um, and then followed by the European Premier League, which fell over, unfortunately. There was another tournament that was looked to be up and running in New York, played at Yankee Stadium. Stop it. Which was a T10, 10 over a side tournament, which fell over, unfortunately. Um, So the nature of the beast of being a T20 gun for hire, I guess, is it's a lot of time on the road. Um, It's good money, which is exciting, but by the same token, a lot of these tournaments can fall over at the drop of a hat too, which means you don't have it until you... Actually got it in your pocket, and there's also once you've played the factor that you need to get paid as well. And mm. Some, you know, some organisations don't tend to pay on time, especially uh, in the Asian sort of market. They tend to pay when they want to pay, as opposed to Australia, when mm. they're pretty, they're pretty consistent with their payment terms. Yeah. So there's uh, there's obviously some times, but you're right. That's the risk that you take. Um, yeah. But you find yourself hopping on a, you know, whenever I try and find time to catch up and have a coffee with you, and mm. I find it really tough to keep up with your schedule. I suppose your partner, Erin. Finds it a bit tricky as well. Yeah, well, she's probably busier than I am, to be fair. Um, she's doing a lot of the uh, a lot of the tournaments now as well. She did Canada when I was over there, which was good. So she can keep pushing herself into that sort of space and doing some um, you know, some banjo riding, some com- commentary with the cricket tournaments around the world, and we can travel a little bit more together. For those who don't know, Ben's uh, well, getting married soon mm. to. Um Erin Holland, who is, uh, well, ex-Miss Universe, um, well, Australian Miss Universe anyway, so you really are punching above your weight there, mate. Um, <laughs> but she has transitioned her career amazingly as well, and I find it really interesting where she's gone with her career. She loves her cricket, she's getting into that now, but it has taken her a good five years um, to get out of that sort of circle of being just a you know a, a prom queen sort of type uh, mentality to actually commentating on cricket she's got a number of high profile brands that she works with as well and then also your story as well how you've gone about your, your yours a little bit different with regards to your social media and branding you're not active on social media a lot compared to Erin who's on it 24 7 mm. she has to be mm-hmm. but you're the way that you've structured yourself and you're branding yourself is more you love your property. So tell us a little bit about your interest in property, but also we'll get into a little bit later also about your social media and what you're doing with that now and yeah. how you're getting out there and branding yourself. And I know it's not a huge interest in you, but like a lot of other athletes, they don't want to be on social media 24-7 also. So I find this story going to be very interesting for those athletes out there who don't have other interests but aren't, don't want to go down that path of social media as well. It's interesting, um, <laughs> both the social media aspect of things and the prospe- property aspect of things. I suppose, you, know, you remember when we started playing together probably 10 or 12 years ago now, it was, we had a policy at Queensland Cricket where you had to earn or learn. So you had to be studying or you had to have a job. And I could never see myself as someone that would sit behind a desk when I finished playing cricket, nor did I particularly want to go into coaching either. I, I just wanted to play the game and enjoy the game. And when my time is done, move on from there. If I can help out guys along the way when I'm finished, more than happy to. I love that side of things. But to be a full-time coach, at this point in time, I don't think I could do it. Um, that could change in two or three years' time. might change my mind. But um, that was sort of where the, the idea of the property came in. It was always something I'd been excited by and enjoyed, um, just walking through the you know suburbs like Ascot and Hamilton when I was living at Portside and looking at all these amazing houses and wondering how people got that sort of thing and how they built them, how it all worked, how they put it all together. Um, and that sort of started me on that, on that property journey. And so you've got a, a company now called Gold Conda. Sounds like something out of James Bond, <laughs> doesn't it? So, so the Indians tuning in will be happy with that. Gold Conda is a, uh, it's a very old diamond mine um, in Hyderabad. Uh, so I spent two years playing for Hyderabad in the IPL and 
luckily enough to one, win one of the titles with them in, in 2016. But that's where the name came from. Um, it dates back to the, the 15th, 16th century where some of the largest diamonds in the world have come from. Uh, I think the, the diamond in the, in the Queen's... Hat? Helmet? <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? Crown. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was sort of where that name came from. And, um, helmet. 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 Queen's helmet. I just, I'm, just, I'm just picturing the Queen putting a helmet on, walking out to bat with all these, with all these gems. The helmet cap. Encrusted gems. <laughs> and uh, so... Golconda, Golconda, tell me a little bit about it. Do you buy properties? Do you flip them? Is it sort of construction from brownfield sites? Uh, so not, I haven't done it you know, by the, in the scheme of things compared to what other people are doing in the property yep. space. I've not done a lot at all. It's, it's more just trying to set it up now so that I can flow into it when cricket finishes. Um, so I've built a couple of houses uh, with various builders in Cannon Hill. Um, and then at the, I'm in the process at the moment of putting a, some townhouses together in Morningside, which are in council at the moment, waiting on uh, Brisbane City Council to come back to me with some approvals. So how Brisbane long City, do you yeah. think you spend on that a week working on that? Um, in this stage of things, while I'm trying to get approvals, it, it's not a hell of a lot, but mm-hmm. the site I've got at the moment in Morningside I've had for probably four or five years now. Um, so it was something that I've always worked on with feasibilities and whatnot over the last five years gradually, um, updating everything, updating my numbers, looking at what's selling and what's not selling until I thought the market was right to have a crack at myself uh, because it wasn't a risk that I wanted to take early on um, and it probably worked out okay because of the way the market dived in the last 18 months. And I've, I've seen sort of both sides of property in probably the 10 years that I've been involved of the money that can be made and the equity you can build by having property, but also if you have one on the market and you've built at the wrong time and you haven't picked it properly, it, it can hurt you as well. I mean, so all these things, you're gaining knowledge, even though you're sort of just mm-hmm. tapping into the market, dipping your feet, cricket is still your number one, you've got to, you want to go for another three or four years yet, but what you're doing is over the next two or three years gaining a lot of knowledge so that when that time comes that you can really give it a red-hot crack. Is that what your goal is? That's right, and I suppose setting up myself now with property, um, I'd like to be to be able to have it set up so that when I do finish playing cricket, that's paying for itself and paying me an income. So I don't have to go out actively looking for work and looking for jobs, particularly at that point in time, in hopefully another three or four years' time, there is a family, there is a couple of kids that need to be supported as well. So um, that's sort of the whole reason for my thinking of, particularly around these townhouses, is if I can build them, I'm going to plan on holding all five of them in Morningside um, to provide me a, a rental income for when cricket does finish. You do have a lot of athletes that, that that is one of the things that often their advisors tell them to do is buy property and invest in property and things like that. So it's awesome that you're doing this. You hear a lot of athletes where it goes wrong. Yep. Um, what's your advice and how have you made sure that you're making the right decisions? Do you have good people around you? Like, how have you built that? Um, I suppose it's be very careful with who you trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of people in the in the property space and you can just pick straight away whether to trust them or not. But I like to think that I'm a fairly good judge of character as well. Um, you can always tell when, when the market is going well, everyone is out there telling you to do this, to go with them. They'll sell you sites. You're going to make X, Y, Z amount of money. But it just doesn't work like that. Um, You've you, you got to pick the people around you that you trust and filter out the rest, which, which is tough when you're first starting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I found interesting is that it's sort of... How old are you now, Ben? 
Uh, I did a body scan last week and said I was 29. <laughs> All right. So body scan, so which means you're about add another two or three years. So legally 20, 32. 32, yeah. You're not going to go down to Pakistan. Real age your passport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what I found interesting about this story is that up until probably five years ago, you had an interest, but you weren't doing much. You were solely playing cricket. And so... The whole transition, finding an interest, and we've spoken about it before in a couple of podcasts, that your interests change from when you're 20 years of age to 25 or when you're 30. And what you find is you just, you're coming at a really good time. You, you're developing it, your interest into something that's going to you know, make you a living post-career. And in that meantime, you're just gradually increasing your knowledge, getting the right people around you, getting the right structures, companies in place so that when you do retire, you know, you can hit the ground running and become a, you know, fully-fledged uh, property developer. Mm, that's right. And if it's not property development that I go into straight away of my own accord, I'd still like to do something in property, whether it's sales or whatnot, something like that, uh, where I feel like I can help other people as well. Um, but either way, I still like to play cricket for another three or four years, but it's just making sure the money I earn in the next three or four years goes towards that future of the next 20 or 30 years, not just blowing it up against the wall. So it's it's awesome to hear you talking about that and talking about what happens post-career and things like that. When did that start to sort of evolve for you? When did it start to transition from being, I'm just going to be a cricketer to I need to start thinking about some things outside of the game? Um, probably when I had a lot of injuries in my early 20s. Um, but it's a good question because I, I never wanted I, – I studied, but I never finished. I did two and a half years of a three-year course. Could have gone back and done the extra six months, but just <laughs> no, didn't want to. Not fair. Um, and what, what was that? What degree was that all? Oh, was, was that was a while ago, Lee. Was it a business-y it was, type no, degree? No, it was a, a – um, uh, marketing leisure. It was called leisure management. Leisure. Oh, the <laughs> leisure old management. The old leisure management <laughs> course. <laughs> yeah. So it obviously had an impact. Yeah. What, what did I do again? Yeah. You, you don't need to study that. <laughs> you don't need to study leisure, do you? <laughs> Just do we, it. <laughs> we uh, we we used to waste a lot of time early on, uh, Lee and myself. Uh, yeah. We used to take our Playstations and our Xboxes on tour and there'd be three or four other guys that would do the same. So we'd finish a day's play and then sit in front of four TVs for four hours <laughs> that night and play against each other. Oh. And that would be five days out of the seven days a week. Um, but now we're a little bit more active with our time. A little bit mature? Well, well, not really. Not we still mature. have our Halo nights. We still have once, a, once every few months we so get together. So it evolved after Lee left the time. Yeah. Lee left the team. Is, <laughs> that, is that what happened? It's funny how that works, yeah. <laughs> We, we sort of used to room together. Back in the day, they used to do... Back in the day, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. They just used to room by alphabetical order, so it was always cutting and Castledean. It was no coincidence that when I retired, Ben had a, discovered an interest outside of sport and his career started to go a lot better. <laughs> so you can thank me for retiring, for you to actually... Let us try. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's exactly right. We speak about... Uh, I look back on the time that I wasted. Well, not wasted. It was good fun at the time, just playing Xbox and stuff like that. And then, you know, looking back going, geez, if only I did something. And as you said, you did leisure management. But the key message we're, we're trying to get across to a lot of young athletes is just try something. And a lot of the times that's not going to be your, you know, your career that's going to take you uh, post-career. But doing something leads on to something else and leads on to something else. And who knows, it may be in the leisure management going, know, doing that, knowing, going, hang on a sec, I know exactly what I 
what I don't want. Yeah. And that sometimes leads you in the right direction of actually what you do want as well. Mm. Um, all right, well, so take me a little bit. That's your sort of career, what you've got in the back of your mind, but I'm also interested in your social media and, and how you brand yourself as well because mm. you're not really someone who goes out there and like Erin who has to, that's her living, but actively goes out, seeks opportunities, you network, but you network within the construction and building space. So you don't have a lot of time to network and get a lot of other brands on board. The brands that you do have board are you, on board are your quintessential cricket brands, which are you know cricket gear, sporting apparel, uh, shoes as well. So take me a bit a bit about your strategy. If you do have one, you probably don't. But and 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 what you think of that space as well. Uh, it's an interesting space, and it seems to be evolving year on year. You know, there's a couple of years ago it was. Facebook 10 years ago, however long that was. Um, my Twitter, space MySpace well. before that. You had your five <laughs> top friends. If they weren't in the top five, yeah, they got annoyed with you. Um, and now it's Instagram and there's a new one, I gather, called TikTok. Oh, my boys are yeah. so keen on that. It's awesome. But you, you could probably tell me, Carly, I, I don't know with Instagram if it's, if it's got the life that people think it does because I, I see Shane Watson a couple of weeks ago got hacked. He's got 1.3 mm. million followers and a lot of income can come through social media because of the amount of followers you have, not necessarily where or the quality of follower. Um, if you are hacked and you lose it, you can't insure that. It's not, it's, but, that but that's a full-time job for a lot of people mm. um, and that can be gone overnight. So I don't think that's something to rely on as such. Um, interesting because uh, an athlete that I know this year also had his account hacked and it got passed through, I think, three different people on sold three times after it was hacked. And they would come back to him and say, you can get a back offer, there's for X amount of money. Um, fortunately, people had contacts, could get into Instagram and were able to get the account back and completely reinstated to mm-hmm. the way that it was so that he wasn't losing those monies and mm. those opportunities. Um, good time to say, if you don't have... Um, double validation on your Instagram accounts. Do it, otherwise you can be hacked. Writing Please write down, a note. Right, um, double and, and I can't stress that enough because yeah. it is an income stream, and it's not easy to get back once you get hacked. Um, and it does have an effect on your brand. But in regards to channels longevity, longevity in that, it, it, it's hard to say. Look, mm. Facebook's been around now 12, 13 years, mm. and you know it, it. It still has place in the market. Um, Instagram's going to go for a while yet. Mm. Um, there's still, you know, there's still a lot of money and opportunity in that. Your TikTok's going to, you know, hang around for a while. Um, how long? Y- you don't really know. It could be a bit like Snapchat where it peaks really quickly and mm. then it dies down again. But you're going to continually have different platforms like this come on. And I wouldn't ever say to any athlete, be on everything. Mm. Um, that's and, and it depends on what your strategy. So for like some athletes, if they don't like to be on Instagram and things like that because they're more business focused, more property development, things like that, I'd be saying LinkedIn's your channel. Absolutely, go smash that. You know, spend your time there. Don't worry about putting pictures on Instagram. If you're not going to do anything with that, don't do it. And if you if you're an athlete that loves putting together creative side, you know, sort of short form film, yep. TikTok's probably your, your your platform. But whatever happens, yep. there will be a platform to be used from a business sense as well. Yeah, that's that's probably the message you're getting yep. across. Huh? And and. Whatever aligns to what your strategy is and what kind of content you want to put out and what kind of opportunities you want to attract, there's going to be a platform for you to use. Mm. So it's interesting because you play all around the world and you've mm. got a, quite a, a large following without even pursuing that. But I'd be very, very interested to see your demographics and where they come from. It, it would be 
literally all over the world, wouldn't it? Are you trying to get I, it I out can there? tell you if you <laughs> like. Yeah. Right, right. There's, right there's, the there's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's probably 60 70% India. Yep. Um, 20% Australia, uh, and the rest various Caribbean, Pakistan. Yep. Um, what about mouth email split? Oh, I could tell you if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yep. that's the one that everyone wants to know, really. Yep. What's your mouth email split? Except for a brand. A brand wants to know. Yeah. Where, where your followers are. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I find interesting about Ben is he's, he concentrates on his property and that's his, that's his passion. That's what he loves doing. But I find it really interesting to see how a brand – what's the numbers come in? Where do I find it? <laughs> okay. That's how now, I, here's that's another how, quick lesson that's for Alex. That's how often he's, <laughs> on, he's on Instagram. If you go to Instagram, you want to hit the three stripes in the bo- top right and then you get insights. You got a business and account or – No. He's on personal. Ben's audience is – um. Yeah, India definitely is the highest, and then Australia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, um, and he's ninety percent men, ten percent women. There you go. I don't know if that's good or bad. There's a market for that. <laughs> for something. And thanks for listening to part one of the Commercial Athlete Podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, give us your comments, and tell us what you want to hear more of. Catch you next time. And if you want to connect with us, Agency X on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.